Well, we're in a series entitled Back to, Back to School, Back to Life, Back to Schedules, Back to Normal. Everybody's going back to, and, and some of you are already back into the swing of things. Life has kind of settled down into a, a normal routine again. And, and uh, so we've been talking about, instead of just scheduling our lives, we're, we're talking about getting back into some new habits, setting up some things in our life that will benefit us and bring us great joy, great growth. And we're asking God to help us to prioritize some things, to put the big rocks into our jar first so that everything else doesn't crowd it out. Because you want to prioritize your life in such a way that all the other stuff, because everybody's got stuff, right? And stuff's going to push on you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to try to get you to do what it wants you to do. But, but the reality is, if we prioritize our lives and put the right things first, first things first, then everything else just kind of fits around that. So that's what we're doing. So we talked about getting back to the Word of God. We talked about the YouVersion app and, and getting on your smartphone if you've got a smartphone. If you have a dumb phone, just get a Bible. <laughs> right? Get a Bible that you'll read. Uh, Get some good books in your life that you'll read. I've, I've got a table full and a few boxes of books that I'm giving away today. So take some, take some stuff out here. I don't know if there's anything left. I'm sure there is because there was a ton of it. Because we're cleaning out around here and I had a bunch of stuff in my office. I've read them all, most of them. Some of them are even from Bible college. But I'm thinking to myself, if somebody else can be blessed with that, go for it. Amen. All right, take it. Read it, give it away, and bless somebody else. So get the Word of God in you on a daily basis. The Word of God speaks to us daily. We've been going through our life journals and uh, just allowing God to speak to us. And, and I don't know about you, but I've noticed that God has been speaking to me through His Word Amen. every day. If I'll read it, He'll speak to me. And it's, it's kind of like, how'd you know? And he's like, because I'm God. That's how. He knows. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly what we need. And he will give us a word that will absolutely transform us. Yesterday, Psalm 126, one of my favorites. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then... They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for you. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Amen. And then he goes on. He says, restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, in the, in the Negev, in the desert region, streams in the desert, water flowing through the desert, water that refreshes even in the dry times of your life. And he says, those who, what's the next verse? Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed shall indeed, somebody say indeed. indeed. That, that's an emphatic statement. Shall indeed come again. Amen. It ain't over yet, baby. 
You start sowing in the right place. You go out and do the right thing in the toughest of times. That's what that scripture means. Those who sow in tears. The planting season in Palestine was in the cold winter months. When the farmer would go out and that cold north wind would blow it. Are you you excited about winter coming? Anybody? Hunting and, you know. Some days I get, I like, I love the, the change of the seasons. I, I've decided I don't want to move to Florida. Because it's, yeah, all the time. Yeah, hot and yeah. But here, we get variety, which is the spice of life. Come on, somebody. I get excited about that. I'm, I'm, uh, even, even though winter's coming and the cold north wind's going to hit your eye and the tears are going to flow, and you're not going to cry because you want to cry. You're going to cry because the, the circumstances are forcing the tears to flow. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there more times than I care to admit. And yet, the farmer has to go ahead and plant the seed even though the tears are flowing because he knows if he doesn't plant now, he's not going to have a harvest later. He knows if he doesn't do the right thing now, he won't receive what God has promised him later. And so he takes that seed and plants. He does the right thing in the tough times. And the promise is those who sow in tears shall reap, shall reap. Not hope to reap, really believing for a reaping. No, shall, will reap with shouts of joy. There's going to come a day when, when the tears will turn into shouts of joy and you'll say, look what the Lord has done. And something changes on the inside. And that which caused you pain, that which caused the tears to flow, has all of a sudden become a blessing. You say, wow, shall return with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Ah, Check it out. Look what God did. He promised and he came through like he always does. Well, that was yesterday's life journal reading. Psalm 126. I got a little bit excited as I'm writing down my life journal. Psalm 126. Because I've been through the moments of pain and tears and and doing the right thing in the tough time thinking, is it ever going to pan out? Am I ever going to see the harvest? And God says, seriously, I told you, hang on. Don't give up. Do not give up. It's coming. Touch your neighbor and say, it's coming. It's coming, baby. It's coming. It's coming. Woo. Okay. Sorry. I'm not sorry, but. You see, daily doses of God's word recalibrates your thinking. It recalibrates your talking and your living. 
And it brings your life under the authority of God's truth. His word reminds me of who I really am. Not of who I see in the mirror. He reminds me of who I really am in him. It reminds me of how I need to come up to another level and allow him to shine through me. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Tell your neighbor, change the way you think. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Come on. The word transformed here in the Greek is the same word that we get our word metamorphosis from. It's that that transformation of a caterpillar, ugly little bug, into a beautiful monarch butterfly. It's it transformed. That's what he's talking about. Becoming metamorphosized. Taking what you have and allowing the, the struggle and the push to break out of who you are into what God wants for you, what God has for you, what God has designed you to be. You know the story of the the little guy who saw the butterfly trying to break out of the cocoon, so he just slid it open and said, let me just help you. Let him out. And the butterfly, you know, just did the whole wing flap thing, and, and nothing happened. Eventually realized that he couldn't fly because he didn't struggle. Because it's in the struggle of breaking out of that cocoon that the wings gain their ability to do what God designed them to do. Your struggle right now is for a purpose. I know you don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Make my life comfy. Make my life comfy, Lord, is my prayer today. And, and God's like, I'm, I'm not answering that prayer, sorry, because that ain't going to get you nowhere. Comfy makes you a couch potato and gives you all kinds of fat. Been cleaning out the loft. I think, you ever heard, heard the term working their buns off? I think I did this week. My, my pants won't stay up anymore. I think I worked my buns off. It's crazy. Transformed, metamorphosized by how? By the renewing of your mind. 
By letting God change the way you think. How do you do that? By the word of God. A transformed mind leads to transformed words, leads to transformed moods. Some of us could use a mood change. How do you do that? You let God's word transform you. Let it change the way you think. A transformed mind will lead to a change in your attitude. Which will lead to a change in the atmosphere around you. It will make you more attractive. Some of us are repelling because of our stinky attitude. Amen. Well, I'm just going to dig a big old hole up here today <laughs> and see where we go, all right? Because the reality is God wants to change us so we can understand what his will is for us, so we can become what he's designed us to be. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you like that. Amen. That's why marriage is such a big deal. Amen. It's not to make you happy. Amen. Come on. It, it's to chip off a whole bunch of junk in your life. And you can fight against it, you can kick against it, you'll be miserable the rest of your life. Amen. But if you'll yield yourself to the chisel God's put in your life. Okay. Preach it, Pastor. I'm gonna. God wants to change the way you think. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to transform your thinking. Because how we think is how we live. Amen. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You start thinking a certain way, you become that. And we need to change that stinking thinking and make it royal thinking. Realize who we are in Christ. Realize what he's called us to. Realize that we can do all things through Christ. Amen. I can through Christ who strengthens me. I've got to begin to think on and live out the truth. Begin to take every thought that doesn't align itself with the word of God. Take it captive. Get rid of it. Lock it up. Get it out. Shutting that one down. And I'm going to replace it with what the word of God says about me. Anybody here today? Okay. That's my introduction, kind of. So we've decided to take the Word of God and become what He's designed us to be and put that as a priority in our life. We're going to get back to the Word of God. We're also going to get back to prayer. We've decided we're going to pray first. Somebody say, pray first. Pray first. Yeah, instead of acting first. Because so many times we act before we pray and we get ourselves in a mess but in every situation, we're going to pray the details. And remember that the Lord's on our side. He has plans for us, plans 
to prosperous plans to bless us, plans to give us hope in the future. He's got plans for us. Come on. We're going to pray every detail and give it all to God and allow his peace just to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We're going to rest in him. Listen, I don't have to pray. I get to pray. I get to commune. I get to talk to the God of the universe. What a privilege. What a blessing that that we have that direct communication with God. You don't have to go through the high priest anymore. You don't have to come up and say, hey, could you talk to God for me? Could you talk to the big man upstairs? First of all, he's not a big man. He's, he's a big God. Okay, let me get back to my notes here. I'm... <laughs> We're going to get back to the Word of God and to prayer. read an article this week about roots, rhythm, and relationships. Three R's that you need in your life. You need to have deep roots planted in the right place. You got to get a rhythm in life where you're doing the right things so you get the right benefits. Okay? And then you got to have the right relationships. Paul told the Corinthian church, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You can be the best person in the world, but you hang out enough with the wrong company You put the wrong junk in your mind. You watch the wrong things. You listen to the wrong stuff. And it affects you. It affects you. It decays who you are. And so it matters who you hang out with. And so we've been talking about going back to community. Back to becoming the body of Christ that God's called us to be. Back to being connected to one another. Because we really do need each other on this journey. We need community. We need each other. I talked to you about the hot coal being taken away from the fire and talked to you about my sinful vice. Of, And some of you went to McDonald's last Sunday after church just because of the subliminal message that was preached here at the power place. Hot, fresh fries, well done. Remember that? I ordered them. I said, I want fresh fries. And she said, well done. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Because well done to me is like overcooked. Like the way Brittany likes her steaks. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Really? She wants me to cook the life out of anything I cook. Burger, make it black. Black inside, black outside. That, that. Nope, it's still talking. Kill it. Kill it. (laughs) Really? But the deal is, if if you dump your fries out on your tray, they're going to get cold because they need to stay in the container. Okay? You stay in here so they can stay warm with each other because they like to stay warm. Warmth is good in fries. I love French fries, and I, my doctor doesn't like that I like French fries. But Why did Greg die? He ate too many French fries. But here, you know, the reality is the enemy of your soul wants to separate you from the pack, wants to get you off by yourself, wants to get you 
feeling kind of yucky around all the other people that love God so that he can pick you off, take you out. You, you become no big deal anymore. That's his strategy. The strategy is to divide and conquer. Get you separated. Get, you, get, get a little problem going on with you and somebody else. So you just, yeah, I don't really want to be there anymore. I, eh. And so what happens is you remove yourself from the heat and the warmth of the fire. And you find yourself eventually cooling down to the point that you got no fire in you. You're not, you're not tasting anymore. Who likes cold fries? Not me. Hard. You get hard. Anybody hearing me today? And you know, and you got to recognize this, that the enemy of your soul wants that for you, wants to get you off, get you away, pull you aside, and convince you that it's okay out here by yourself. And it's dangerous out here by yourself. You don't become, you can't become all God's designed you to be all by yourself. You just can't. We need each other. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We need each other. Because life change happens in relationship. And we can't become all God's designed us to be all by ourselves. We need the fellowship of the brethren. We need to hang out with one another. We need life change in our lives. We all have a need to experience community, to belong so we can become. We need a, a safe place to settle our yesterdays. Anybody have any yesterdays? Okay, three of us. Good. Um, we all got junk in our life. We need a safe place where we can settle those yesterdays so we can move to the next step in our journey with the Lord and become all that he's designed us to be, be metamorphosized, transformed. We need that safety, a place of safety to find out that the awful fire we thought was going to destroy us, God was really going to use to refine us. We need somebody talking into our life like that. Somebody saying, you know what? I know what you're going through right now is, is really a mess, but you got to see God's got a bigger thing going on here. And he's working. He's going to work all things together for your good because you love him. You're called according to his purpose, and he's working in your life. Let him work. And let me come alongside you and help you see him work. Let me be Jesus with skin on to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2 or chapter 1, rather, verse 16. Paul the Apostle is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he just kind of writing a bunch of stuff, and this is kind of one of those passing statements. You know, you don't, you don't really go and say, oh, there's some deep stuff there. But as I was reading it this week, uh, very interesting to me, Paul says to Timothy, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. How many of you are glad that your mom didn't name you Onesiphorus? <laughs> kind of sounds like an STD to me. I, I, it's just awkward. I, I'm sure there's a real good deal about his name. I, I'm sorry. I, I, should not, I should not have said that. 
Wow. Wow. Ah. Can't take that back. And isn't that the problem with these tongues? You can't take back the stuff that comes out. It's like, ah. Lord, help me. Not everything that pops into your brain needs to be said, okay? <laughs> Proof right here this morning. So may the Lord show mercy to the household of Anna because, because he refreshed me. Somebody say refreshed. He refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. He saw my circumstance, and it didn't really mess him up. Okay, you need somebody like that in your life. Somebody who sees the change you're in and doesn't get all whacked out about it, but comes alongside of you. And notice what he goes on to say. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. I've never been to Rome, but I, I guess it's fairly large. Onesiphorus comes to Rome. He knows Paul's there somewhere. And he searches until he finds him. We all need somebody like that in our lives. Somebody who cares enough to find us wherever we are. Whatever prison cell we're in. Whatever chains have us bound. You need somebody in your life who's looking for you who's looking out for you, who's searching saying, where is he? Where is she? And then goes out and finds them and refreshes them. That word refreshed in the Greek means to put breath back in, to recover breath. It's like you got the, the wind knocked out of you. Anybody ever, you had that happen to you? It's like somebody, you get punched in the, oh. And then somebody comes along and puts that breath back in you. Another translation would be a breath of fresh air. To revive, refreshed. Can I just say you could be that to someone? Would, would you just look at your neighbor one more time and say, you can be that to someone. You can be a breath of fresh air to someone. In fact, God has called you to be a breath of fresh air to someone. God has called you to put breath back into someone. God has called you to speak life into someone. To allow the Spirit of God just to flow through you to where they go. <sighs> some people we hang out with, some people we deal with, they knock the wind out of us. But we shouldn't be that kind of people. We should be the kind of people that put the wind back in. The wind beneath our wings. Okay, I won't go there. You hear what I'm saying today? We all need someone in our life. We'll search everywhere until they find us. 
when they find us, they will refresh us. So, Pastor, that sounds good. How do, you, how do we do that? How, how do we find out about that? That's what the family of God's all about. That's what the body of Christ is. And we need to be connected. James says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so you may be healed. So you can settle your yesterdays. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, produces wonderful results. God wants to heal us of our yesterdays so we can take that next step and help somebody else be healed of their yesterdays. We can refresh them. We can breathe fresh air into them. Mm. I believe the closer we get to each other, the more we're able to do those kinds of things. So we talked about becoming the body of Christ. And a body functions best when it's connected. Because if the arm's over there and the legs are over here and the head's over there and the torso's back here, awkward. <laughs> and... And nothing really functions right unless it's connected right. Because function happens through connection. And uh, so Paul says to the Corinthians, the human body has many parts. Many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. And yes, this body has many different parts, not just one part. Verse 15, if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand doesn't make it any less a part of the body. The ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body if the whole body were an eye? How would you hear? If your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Aren't you glad you have smell? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while, we have issues in our house. Smell. Wow. It was the garbage. Remember that? <laughs> no, seriously. Last week... The garbage in, okay. Now, y'all went somewhere you shouldn't have. But last week, we had garbage problems. I don't know what was in it, but it, it stunk up the, gar the garage, and it then seeped into the house. Every time we opened the door, it came in the house. So when we come in the front door, it's like, what smells in here? And it was just, it was the junk out in the garage coming in. Okay. So why am I telling you that? Because of smell. You need to be able to smell things and say, that stinks, get it out of here. And my kids will come over and change their baby's diapers in our house and just put them wherever they want and not happy. Verse 18, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. God wants to put you where he wants to put you. Yield to that. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Head can't say to the feet, don't need you. Because the head can't walk without the feet. Ever seen a walking head? No. Okay. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. 
We need each other. And we all need you to rise to your potential and be all that God has designed you to be so the body can function properly. And I said last week, if you're a spleen, be a good spleen. And I said, I don't have any idea what the spleen does. Guess who talked to me after church? Dr. Joe. He told me, we need our spleen. Who knew? I didn't know how important the spleen was. Apparently, the spleen is the garbage disposal for the red blood cells because they only last a certain amount of months. And then they got to go somewhere. And they got to go through the spleen, which is chews them all up, spits them out. And if you don't have the spleen, you're in trouble. Your body gets toxic. Who celebrates the garbage disposal? Some of us need to get excited about our spleen. Thank you. Thank you, spleen. Thank you for taking care of the, the uh, red blood cells that are tired and all messed up. Get out of here. Thank you for getting them out of here. Who celebrates the people who clean this church and get it, the garbage out every week? Thank you. People that volunteer on a weekly basis who just want to get the red blood cells out. We need each other. So this week, we're transforming the upper loft area that that uh, some, of the, some men in this church just absolutely blessed us with a few years ago. And now we need more space. And so we're transforming that. And in order to transform that, we had to get all the junk out. Stuff that just keeps getting bigger and more. And, and so, so this week, we were doing that. And I worked my buns off, okay? Um, but it was interesting to me that all the parts work together, skilled and unskilled. Unskilled. I, I was telling Mark Doughton yesterday, we, he, he just, you know, he's, he's taking the, the uh, yeah, that thing. Cordless drill, thank you. Uh, screwdriver. We're putting some screws in, in the, uh, that thing out there. And, and Bob actually gave me one of those things, right? So I'm drilling, not drilling, what am I doing? Impact driver. I'm using the impact driver. And so I'm putting screws in, and you know, uh, that's not what I do, right? And, and, Mark's over there going, rent, rent, rent. I'm going, <clears throat> and the screw falls over, and you know, I, so I look at Mark and I said, Mark, you don't know how blessed you are because you watched your dad, and your dad has allowed you to, to, to do this on a regular basis. I didn't have that as a kid, my dad didn't even own one of those. We had a screwdriver, one of those things that you do this to. Y'all remember that? 
Yeah, carpal tunnel. Hello. <laughs> I just tell him how blessed he is because, you know, he can do that easily. And uh, so I'm unskilled. He's skilled. These guys are skilled. Uh, they, we got all of us unskilled people took all the stuff out. And uh, let me just see. It was Kenny. Kenny helped us this week. He just blessed us this week. Uh, yeah. Kenny and Tori and Amy and Landon and Isaiah. And, yeah. He likes to hear his name. I don't know why. And then Ronnie donated a container so we could put all the junk outside. And praise God for that. And, and then the, the skilled people showed up yesterday. Uh, Matt and Mark and Bob and Mike and Buck. And, and they just, they, they are starting to transform that area up there. We're going to need some more help too in, in the days to come. And so I'm, I'm, I'll be sending out an email saying, hey, hey, hey. Need some help. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's, there's, there's a song I used to sing when I was in children's church. When we all pull together, 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 when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. For your work is my work and our work is God's work. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. Wow, some of you went to children's church. And you know what? When every part of the body does its part, we all win. When every area, when every person adds what they can add, the whole body functions incredibly. And we all have this need to grow and to get better. And, and the reality is life change happens in relationships. The proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. In order to sharpen each other, we got to get close to each other. Because the closer we get, the more friction happens. And friction causes sharpening, if we'll allow it to. And so God calls us into relationships. And we're going to grow and get better at this. We'll become more intentional here at the Power Place. Right now, we're, we've got homegrown groups where there's encouragement, there's scripture, there's prayer, there's, there's the ability to take a next step into what God has for you. And really, all we need to do is just take the next step. That's what God's asking you to do. Take that next step. What is that for you? Our groups, they're, they're getting ready to ramp up to a whole new level. And so we're going to ask you, help us take what you're already doing and turn it into ministry. Help us take what you're already doing, turn it into ministry. Uh, right now, we've got a running group that runs every week. We've got a basketball group who's playing basketball, inviting friends, and relationships are forming. We've got a softball group um, that happens in the summertime. We've got some Bible studies going on. Our homegrown groups are, are, are happening. We got a new group starting this week called I Am. 
infertility, abortion, and miscarriage. And uh, that's going to be a powerful group. We've got a ladies' Bible study getting ready to start. We've got a men's Bible study getting ready to start. We've got youth and young adults meeting together. Our worship creative department, media department, they're all getting together every week called Infuse. There's a possibility that we'll have an end times Bible study coming up um, talking about revelation of what God's doing in these latter days. And there's all kinds of things beginning to take shape. And you need to get connected somewhere, somehow. Why do small groups exist? Well, they have one simple purpose. It's to bring people together. Because we believe God created us to live in community with others, and only then can we experience the full life He intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why small groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to us. Because in our high-tech social media world, people are craving real-life relationships. I just read this week about this guy in L.A. He started this new business. He's a people walker. He's walking people. He's walking and listening and talking and listening and listening. And he charges us $7 a mile. And he can't keep up with the business. Because everyone wants somebody to hang out with them. And I'll pay you to do that. If you'll just walk with me and, and let everybody know I'm not alone. I got somebody who's talking to me. Because we've kind of gotten into this isolation thing nowadays. Get the headphones on, put the earbuds in, put your head down, look at your phone. I don't want to make eye contact. And you know what? That gets lonely after a while. What if God has called us, and I know he has, to start to connect in a much deeper way than we have? To maybe take the earbuds out and hear a real voice from a real person. 1 Corinthians 9.22 says, Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. That's what it's all about. Hanging out with people, finding common ground, and then realizing everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs to know God. And so we give them that opportunity. So where are these groups? They're going to meet in a variety of places, homes, parks, restaurants, coffee shops, sports fields, backyards. Groups are going to meet throughout the year in three semesters. New groups are going to start each semester, making it easy to get involved. So sign up online if you would, and we, we want to connect you with the right group to be interested in. Talk to Pastor Zay. Um, I want to get you connected. A small group is made up of people who share similar interests or in the same stage of life, want to learn from each other, gathering for all sorts of reasons, whether it's playing a sport, doing something they love together, spending time at the park, having lunch during the workday, studying the Bible together, 
The point isn't what you meet about. It's that you're regularly meeting with people and living in community as God has designed you to do. So why should you join a small group? Because it's through life together that our problems become smaller. And God uses others to bring support and encouragement to our lives. Even when we might not realize that our small group will quickly become a place where others don't just know our name, but they care about us. They care about what's happening in our life. They want to support us. Ecclesiastes says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. Triple braided cord's not easily broken. And here's the deal. You've been through some stuff. We've all been through some stuff. And, and 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. We can become that refreshing spring, that, that breath of fresh air to somebody in need. And I believe God has called us to do that as the body of Christ. Here, where we are, until God moves us somewhere else. And we'll continue to be what he's called us to be. Would you stand with me, please? And I want us just to, if you feel comfortable with this, take the hand of the person next to you and let's just pray one for another today. Psalm 84 says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who've set their minds on a pilgrimage of, to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. And I believe we can be that refreshing spring, that autumn rain to someone who's dry and thirsty. And so, Lord, today we pray one for another. For that one on our right and left, thank you, Lord, that you are making them a refreshing spring. You're making them an autumn rain that will refresh, renew, restore, and bless. Give them words to speak, words of life, words that bring comfort. Words that strengthen, words that encourage, words that, that have reached back into our own yesterdays and realized what we needed then and give that life to them today. Lord, help us as we interact with one another to settle our yesterdays so we can minister to someone today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So bless that one on my right and left today. Touch them, Jesus. Minister to them. Draw them closer to you than they've ever been before. And Lord, connect them in this body to the place where they realize their function. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for this family of God. Thank you for all you're doing in us, Lord. And Lord, it's not just for us. 
You're transforming us. You're, you're metamorphosizing us. You're changing our thinking so that we can understand what your will is. We can move into what you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray that today for those who are still struggling. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would just bless us indeed. Take us to a whole new level in you. And Lord, for anyone in this room today who does not know you, who's not yet met you, God, would you draw them to yourself? It's your loving kindness that leads us to repentance. So I thank you for your loving kindness that's just washing over us right now. Washing over us right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. His blood washes over me by his power I have been redeemed his blood washes over me by his power I have been redeemed his blood washes over me by his power I have been redeemed his blood washes over me by his Thank you for redeeming us, Lord. Thank you for refreshing us. And now as we walk from this place today, we thank you that you're going to touch us and use us to minister to somebody else. You're going to use us to be Jesus with skin on. Bless us indeed, I pray. Enlarge our territory. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray this blessing on your people. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. Go for it.